Well, Ulysses, your premonition was correct. The National League did win the All-Star game for the first time in like a million years. Yes, they did. Uh, the Rays All-Stars showed up, and that was amazing to see. But what wasn't amazing to see got us pretty angry as fandom, and we're going to talk about that right now. You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sombrano. And we are the host of the Locked On Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making us your very first listen every day. Be sure to check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Locked On Rays. You can also find us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. And you can email us anytime, LockedOnRays at gmail.com. Well, the National League did win the All-Star game last night, and we saw some terrific play and effort, barehanded grabs, leaping catches, ground rule doubles, go-ahead homers. We saw just about a little bit of everything, Um, but if you're a Rays fan, it was something that was sorely missed uh, before the game actually started that ruffled feathers nonetheless. I I can't believe that during the introductions, Shane McClanahan and Wander Franco got skipped over. Like that's just that that's unacceptable. Uh, I don't know if it's on on the lowly uh, person that says, "Hey guys, you're next." If it's on that person, if it's on the uh, on the announcer uh, on the PA guy, I think it's Joe Davis, right? Um, yeah. On the call, I don't know if it's on him. I don't know if it's on the Fox producer saying, hey, keep keep it going. I don't know who it is, but somebody's at fault. And that just can't happen. That just can't happen. How do you not know that the hometown all-stars are going to get a bigger ovation than other all-stars? How are you not prepared for that? It's just completely unacceptable. And it sucks, you know, that it, it usually does seem like Ray's fandom is the the black sheep out of the 30 teams and everybody wants to fight for that no we're we're no the hate the hate leaks us uh, the hate that the league hates us more and all that mm-hmm. i think it's <laughs> i i i don't know how many other uh franchises uh this would have happened to them so did the rays players even get a chance to walk out onto the red carpet yeah because okay, so, i missed that part yeah and they did, well, anybody could have missed it anybody could have missed it. it but when the seattle mariners uh were getting that ovation they were taking a little bit longer time there was there's a quick overhead view of two players coming after them on the red carpet mm. they, were, they, were, they didn't even get like a fr- full frontal shot of them you just saw little two figures from overhead Walking, walking on the red carpet, and now with Shane and Wander, um, just, just not acceptable, man. Yeah, certainly not. Now, is this as bad or worse than what happened a couple years ago with Brandon Lau, his name being called Brandon Lowe by oh, who was the broadcaster? Joe Buck. Joe Buck. Yes, um, it was him. But at least 
Brandon got recognized, uh, Wander Franco and Shane McClanahan, you wouldn't have even known that they were on the roster, um, you know, based on what happened uh, last night, which is crazy, too, because Joe Davis, uh, whether you like him or dislike him as a broadcaster, he used to work in the Rays organization. He was the double A broadcaster for the Montgomery Biscuits. I believe it was Chris Adams wall who replaced Joe Davis. And now Chris Adams wall is now the Rays pre and post game uh, radio host. And I just even worse Though, I mean, you put that on, on, on top of that, but even worse, ninth inning, it's a one-run game. Wonder Franco is getting his first at-bat. How do you not take that moment to take responsibility mm-hmm. and say, hey, uh, for our viewers at home, we do apologize, and, and especially for race fandom, that uh, during the introductions, both uh, Shane McClanahan and Wander Franco did not get their moment in the sun. Uh, they are the race representatives besides Yanni Diaz and Randy Rosarena. And we apologize for, for, for that uh, mishap. Yeah. 12 seconds, 20 seconds. It's not that hard. It's right. not that hard. So shame on, 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 on them for, for that. It, 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 it's disappointing because overall, they raised it pretty great. Yanni yeah. Goes- well, that, that's the thing is that I feel like that moment, the mishap and not recognizing Franco and McClanahan. Um, it is a larger cl- uh, cloud beyond what Yandi did with the home run and what uh, Randy Rosarena did with the great leaping catch. Like there were moments there for race players. In fact, Yandi Diaz, if we're going back in the history books and the trivia archives, um, only Mike Zanino and Carl Crawford, those are the only race players to have homered in an all-star game. So, there were moments to be had and moments to go around, but that is totally and utterly, I think, overshadowed by the uh, pregame festivities, if you will. Yeah, a hundred percent, and 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 that, and that sucks uh, that 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 has to be the the case. But yeah, good for Yandy Diaz to to go deep. A great, great catch by by Randy in the first inning, getting it getting it started there. Then gets a hit promptly gets caught stealing but you know you, right. you gotta do what you gotta do uh so so good on them and wander made it interesting there in the ninth with a with a very good battle in the ninth inning i think he saw nine ten pitches uh, against kimbrell looked yeah. good took him warning warning track power there but um no i, th- I think the Rays nation should be really happy about how the race performed in the home run derby and the all-star game we were very well represented uh it's just a shame about yeah. the, the skipped introductions. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it seemed like in watching dribs and drabs of the game, like players were making an effort and really wanted to make an impressive uh, an impression and showcase themselves. It wasn't just like the Pro Bowl of the NFL where nobody cares and you're just going through the motions. Like these guys, it seemed like they were trying to compete and do something out there. And I think the broadcast, I like the angle of, Having players mic'd up, I like the catcher's view. There was a lot to like about the aesthetics of the broadcast, besides what happened in pregame. But um, and, and again, I mean, I know it. You know, maybe the All Star Game loses its luster nowadays compared to the '70s, '80s, and '90s. You know, pre-smartphone uh, and pre-really extremely high-speed internet. But there is still something to be said about having all of the great players, all of the best players 
in the game all on the field at once. I, I do think that does still hold some regard. And there's kids out there that, you know, maybe they don't have access to the latest and greatest technology to, uh, you know, watch Luis Arias on a Tuesday or, um, you know, watch fill in a blank name on a Thursday. And I, I love, yeah, tremendous. Um, dude, Luis Arias. <laughs> he just wakes up. He's, and- he's our generation's Tony Gwynn, basically. Yeah, just wake up and hit. I don't care. Dude's legitimate. I mean, and, you know, that, you and know that's what, the thing is like, I, I know this isn't locked on Luis Arias, but he knows his game. His, his bet putting bat to the ball. Who cares about exit velocity? Who, who cares about hard contact? I mean, yeah. the fact that he can take, he can make a, a 99 fastball elevated and make it look like it's extremely easy to hit, make like a T ball, basically. Yeah, I mean that, that. Know who you are. Know know your strengths and weaknesses, and 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 that's what he does. Uh, no, it was a really fun game. I thought uh, that that we saw yesterday the ump camp. Um, that was that was really cool. Like you said, yeah. The mic'd up players, especially pitchers, like that's also really really cool. I like the fact that they're trying to combine both. Hey, we're competitive, and we. This is not just like a silly game, but there is the approachability factor, right? Of like, hey, can can we just take it down just a little bit so we're so you actually get to see Nathan Yavaldi say, yeah, I don't have the splitter today, you know, or Josh Hader talking about Ozzy Albies behind him, you know, dominating him two for nine or whatever it was. Right. Like that's that's cool stuff, and I'm really glad that they were able to do that. But what I'm not really happy about is, uh, you know, hearing about. Big Poppy's um, neighborhood and his construction and his bathroom. Like, I don't care for that. Like, I don't understand why they're trying to make those guys had their moment in the yeah. sun. Focus on the focus on the Corbin Carrolls of the world. Yes, I don't care about Poppy, A Rod, and Jeter anymore. They had enough spotlight. Can we spotlight the players that are yeah. actually playing the field? enough man no that that would be nice but again they're yankees and red Sox, and that's what you're going to get and maybe in the future this is a learning lesson for mlb that when you're doing player introductions prior to the game maybe and i I can't take credit for this somebody else mentioned it um, maybe introduce the home team all-stars last particularly if that team seems to have some upward mobility like they're going somewhere it's not like Okay, uh, it's you know, here's your one representative Oakland Athletics. But when you have three or four or five all star name uh, all stars named, maybe that's the opportunity to do it. Whether you know, forget about alphabetical order and and name order, but just say, okay, we're not going to introduce the Mariners or whoever is hosting the game uh, until the very end. I I think that's a great idea. I think that wherever whoever came up with that. Is a, is is really thinking really um, on the right path? And if you want to think on the right path on how you look when you go out, guys, I've told you, get some bird dogs in your life. Yeah. It has made it has changed my wardrobe life one hundred percent of the time. Now I just know all the time when I'm going out, no matter what I'm doing, it's bird dogs time. Okay, if I'm doing a yoga in the park. That's bird dogs time. If I'm going out, that's bird dogs time. If Kevin goes to the golf course, that's mm-hmm. bird dogs time because they make your legs just look 
the best that they've ever looked. And they, they're slimmer through the thigh, and they give you a truly sculpted look. They're not made of that stiff, restricting cotton that you are used to. Bird Dogs, they fixed that issue. And they invented a cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki pants, but stretches so you do get a slimmer fit through the tie. So today, you have to go to birddocs.com slash LockedOnMLB, and you enter promo code LockedOnMLB for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You don't believe me? Well, hey, guess what? It's this one right here. This thing mm-hmm. right here. You get it for free. You get it for free with your order at birddocs.com. So today, go to birddocs.com slash LockedOnMLB and get yourself some bird dogs you won't want to take your bird dogs off we promise you i look forward to wearing my bird dogs every time i go to the golf course in fact my best rounds of late have been because of the bull uh, the bird dogs uh coincidence i think not because uh it is very warm and very humid in the florida sun and i'm keeping myself cool my opponents uh they're not because they're not wearing bird dogs. And I keep telling them you need to get on the bird dogs train because it's only going to help your game. You're only exactly. going to play better. Uh, all right. Um, so we've got the all-star festivities out of the way. Now let's hit a couple of mailbag questions before we wrap up today's episode. This first one from OG locked on Rays listener, Ty McCann. He says, what do you think of the possibility of sending Vidal Brujan or Greg Jones to Kansas City for Zach Greinke. I know Zach is past his prime and comes with a steep cost, but a homecoming in Florida and a pairing with the Rays pitching gurus may turn his season around. He continues the message by saying, all told, I think starting pitching is a need, not only because of injuries, but also to give the bullpen a break, knowing you can have a reliable innings eater. Granky could fill that need is a buy low candidate and brings another veteran presence to the rotation. Very cool. Uh, thank you, Ty, for bringing that up. Yes. Hmm. Definitely buy low candidate. He's not having the greatest of seasons. Zach and Granke. he's now on the injured list for the record. He's now on the IL shoulder breaking news shoulder. So, Probably not then, <laughs> if this is what's happening. Uh, did he just go on the IL? As I believe, recording? yeah, he just went on the IL six days ago. Okay. Uh, then, then we had this this one in the pocket for a little bit on the mailbox. Uh, um, shoulder tendonitis, so it might not keep him out for too too long. No, is that is that is that okay? Okay, shoulder tendonitis. I would think like maybe just fatigue. an injection or two, maybe a little breather, maybe. Uh, saving him up for the trade deadline. <laughs> Maybe that's part of it too. The Royals, you know, the phantom IL of, hey, we don't want to risk hurting a possible as minor or major as it may be trade ship. So let's put him on the shelf a little bit and get him to full strength. Pros, definitely veteran leadership. Love that. Number two, everything that we've heard from other players, um, including Brian Anderson, about Zach is that he is complete and always an honest guy. He will tell you yes. what he thinks. No, no problem. So that's also good. Hey, if you're, if you, if you want some actual feedback without, you know, can you know, boom, he's going to give it to you. Number three innings, you need innings. You want to save that bullpen. Um, 
he has thrown three innings less than Shane McClanahan has three innings less. Um, So that those are all good things that you can talk about with Zach Ranky. But again, if, if we, he is like way far gone um, after his prime, he's not the same guy. You would really just be getting a, a fifth starter slash maybe six starter. Um, but that can prove valuable than than Yanni Torino's maybe innings wise, but the production, I mean, Yanni has done better. That's fair. Now I would say that you put Zach Granke in a raised uniform with that defense behind him in something to legitimately play for. Maybe that ups his game. And here's the thing. Uh, Ty McCann has a good point about maybe, the coaching staff can impart a little bit of wisdom. Not that Zach necessarily needs the wisdom. He's always uh, been very good about bettering himself and finding an extra edge. And he is just all about baseball. Heck, if you need a hitter, maybe he could help out in that realm in that respect as well. But um, I think there, you know, injury tendonitis aside, let me ask this question. The names that Ty McCann put forth, Greg Jones and Vidal Brujan, do you think that would feasibly be enough to land Granky from the Royals? My goodness. If it's by name reputation, no. But if you just look at the production right now of who Zach Granky is, then yes, I, yeah. I, I do think so. Um, I don't know how I don't know if a lot of teams are going to be fighting for Granky. Right. That's uh, fair. So his value, I don't know if it's I think it'd just be one guy out of those two. I don't think both of them, but again, that's a race biased version. Maybe the Royals are like, hell no, nah. we're yeah. not just gonna give you Granky. Because they also you do have to you do have to take into cons- uh, consideration the fact that he is Zach Granky, a Cy Young Award winner who can really help a young pitching staff like the Rays, who will probably get better with the Rays. So you have to, uh, I say, yes, it's enough, but maybe the Royals would not. And here's the thing. We also have to look beyond the ERA in the FIP and the strikeout rate. Like the little things that Zach Ranke does, I think is important and imperative as well. Fielding his position fielding bunts, fielding slow choppers, and holding runners on. Those are underrated aspects of his game that also have to be taken into account. And just kind of the cool factor of this guy's played 20 years. He has a Cy Young. He's going to be a future Hall of Famer. He has gold gloves. He has, I mean, he's, has he, has he had 3,000 strikeouts yet? No, but he could break it if he goes off. But no, he's not going to make it this year. Okay. But he's regardless, really I mean, he's real close. There is some some aspect of having a a future hall of famer on your roster. I know Nelson Cruz is in a hall of famer, but there is that mystique and that aura of Nelson Cruz is on our team. That's pretty cool, right? Yeah, exactly. And then, and then what does he do? He, he, he basically takes Wander and Randy under his wing. Like what could Zag Granke do for a guy like Shane McClanahan, Tyler glass. Now Tosh Bradley, dude, that would be huge. Yeah. Just get Tosh Bradley next to Zag Granke. And 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 the four million dollars that you are gonna have to pay Zach is worth it. Yeah. So for me, if the Royals would say yes to that to Ty's deal of Greg Jones or um, uh, Vidal Bruhan 
for for Zach, I would I would 100 cash that in. I I would cash that in, no problem. I don't care about the production that much. I need people that can cover innings, and I need some veteran leadership in that clubhouse. I know Zach Eflin can do that, but Zach Eflin has not won a Cy Young. Yeah, Zach Gass. Zach right. And, has. And, yeah, yeah. And the thing about Zach too is again, he's not he is gonna be the furthest thing from a raw raw rally guy, Kevin Kiermeyer-esque personality, but just his deadpan humor and candor, I think that would bring a little bit of levity to the clubhouse. If you get a chance, just Google Zach Granky stories and yeah. it is a treat. Somebody should publish a book just on Granky isms, but I think more so the um learning by example for guys like Todd Bradley and some of the younger pitchers on the roster of Granky's preparation and taking care of his body, attention to detail, video work. Like every time I, I hear about Zach Granky, it's like I, he's working to fine tune or develop a new pitch, or he's in the video room looking at how he can beat or attack an opposing hitter or how an opposing hitter beat him and going back and look, okay, what can I do next time? Like he is that guy. He's all about baseball. So uh, he, do, he doesn't really like the cameras, which is a good thing too. You know, he's not going to be a, a me, me, me guy. He's going to more keep to himself. But I think just having uh, a character like that in the clubhouse could could provide some some value and, in, and some importance as well. Now, let me cross it like this. So you have Greg Jones and Vidal Brujan. Um, say those are the two guys, you know, based on Ty McCann's offer. Would you rather have... Well, do you think with those two that you could get either Joe Kelly or Alex Lang or Alexis Diaz? No. None of those all. three? No, because I, I'm, I'm thinking demand. Okay. Those guys are going to be more in demand than Zach Renke. Okay. But, yeah. That's fair. All right. I just thought I'd I'd bring it up. But no, I, I like the... Um, I like the outside the box thinking and, you know, maybe that is something that there's uh, something about playing for a winner too, man. Again, I know that that adds a little extra panache too. you what you won. How many games has the, have the Royals won 25 and he's yet to win a world series. Correct. He's been close. So I think that, you know, that that's really the one thing that's missing from his mantelpiece. And he would do it with a team that's right next to home. I mean, yeah. I'm in. I know you're in, but I know that some race fans that just look at numbers on the spreadsheet are like combusting right now. Yeah, probably. All right. But no, great question, Ty. That's a fun uh, little nugget there. We'll have to see uh, what takes place with all that. In the meantime, we have to tell you something very important, and that is this. Whether you're dealing with decisions around your career, relationships, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, you should give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime with no additional charge. So let therapy be your map with better 
BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnMLB today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnMLB. I'll say it one more time. BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnMLB. All right, we have uh, one more mailbag question to get to, and then we do plan on doing a full-fledged mailbag episode later on this week as well. Uh, This one from another OG listener by the name of Austin Holloway. He says, little multiple choice on Jonathan Aranda's future with the club. Is he on the roster on August 2nd, 2023? And how will he contribute between now and then? Yes, he's tearing it up. Yes, but he's struggling. No, he's sent down due to roster crunch. No, he's sent down due to performance. Or no, he's traded for who? So there's five options there. Well, first of all, great creative question by Austin. He always gives us some some good ones. So thank you for that. Hmm. August 2nd, 2023, past the trade deadline. I'll say this. I want to keep Jonathan Aranda. I want him up. I'll, I'll just say that. Okay. What I think is going to happen is that my man, Jonathan Aranda, is going to get traded. I, I There's no way... You, there's no way that you as a front office sell me Vidal Bruhan's versatility and just use him at second base for a whole month. There's no way that you as a front office sell me uh, Vidal Bruhan's defensive capabilities when for a month nobody has a highlight real catch. In fact, he made a couple mistakes, errors on the field. There's no way that you uh, sell me as a front office that Vidal Bruhan is there because of his speed component and he only pinch runs once during a month. You are just yeah. putting Jonathan Aranda in AAA so that he gets as much value as he can so that you can flip him for something. Um, that's the way that it's the, the, the tea read that the, the tea leaves read say that five times fast. Um, I, I, there's just no way that he doesn't get traded. I, I think that's that's the way to go, unfortunately. Uh, for the record, Jonathan Aranda was optioned to AAA Durham on Tuesday, according yep. to Trisha Whitaker. So I'm going to say this. Well, let me first ask you a question. Would you trade Jonathan Aranda and Greg Jones for Zach Ranke, or is that too much in your eyes? Way too okay. much. Way, 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 way. But you, would you trade those two for those other names I mentioned? Be it Alexis Diaz. Alex. If okay. if Jonathan Aranda and Greg Jones slash Vidal Bruhan get me Alexis Diaz, sign me the f up, man. Sign me. Um, up. here here's my thing. I do think eventually Jonathan Aranda will be traded by the Rays. I mean, eventually he whether it's you know the off season or five years from now or three years from now. Look, he's he's probably not going to be on the Rays roster, but. I am going to go on an opposite end of things here. I still think he'll be with the Rays come August 2nd, and here's why. I still think there's maybe some trepidation with Brandon Lau and his health 
anything could go wrong or if he's struggling mightily, not to say that they send him down, but maybe they rework and restructure the roster to some extent. Um, here's my point. So Jonathan Aranda, really, what does he provide you? The bat. He's not going to provide you defense or base running or versatility. Taylor Walls, he provides you all that except for the bat. So I feel like there's a good yin and yang between Jonathan Aranda and Taylor Walls this season, which is why I would keep both of them and Jonathan Aranda on the roster just in the case as a safety net if something happens to Brandon Lau or he struggles mightily and you have to come up with a plan B. Because um, I just don't see the the idea of calling up Vidal Brujan again to uh, you know, get 10 at-bats in a month and not really make any impression whatsoever doesn't really do much for me. I, I like where your head's at, and I really do want to stress the point. For a month, people, they sold his versatility, defense, and speed. He only played second base. That negates the versatility. He only pinched ran once. That negates the speed. And he... Didn't have a highlight real catch, so that negates the defense aspect. So uh, I'm I'm with you. I, I think you need a bat there if Brandon Lau does not, or somebody else goes on the injured list. What you know? What happens to to Luke Rayleigh or Harold Ramirez or somebody or Josh Lowe? So I guess to answer Austin's Holloway, Austin Holloway's question, I mean a lot can happen in a couple of weeks' time between the end of the All Star break and right after the trade deadline. So I will say, yes, Jonathan Aranda will be in a big league uniform come August 2nd. Not to say he's going to be. So wait, wait, there are two yes options. Yes, he's tearing it up or yes, but he's struggling. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I, I guess I don't really want to answer either. Of the, I mean, I don't know if he's going to be tearing it up or struggling. I think he's just going to sort of hold fort. Um. So August 2nd, he's with the Rays. I mean, what's your definition of tearing it up and what's your definition of struggling? I mean, is tearing it up, uh, you know, a 740 OPS? No, I think tearing it up would be 100 WRC+. plus. Okay, sure. I'll say yes, he's tearing it up. But I, yeah, I, I would not say it's the same tearing it up as what Josh Lowe has done the, this no, year, what Luke Rayleigh has yeah, done. Yeah, that's tearing year. it up for sure. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's yeah. tearing it up. I, I he, would be he's contended. doing enough to stay on the big league roster. I exactly. Enough to be, yeah, to, to be in a big 105, 110 WRC+. plus. That'd be nice to see. Yeah. Uh, but I, I really do hope you're right and that he doesn't get traded. That The bats do not come easily for the Rays. This is a real bat. The guy has shown that he can hit in every minor league step. So hopefully that 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 can happen, and I I'm hoping no sent down by roster crunch. That's hopefully what what will happen. So that, that he's still in the organization, but I do think that he has built up enough value that he will get traded for something like, and bear with me, people. Fire Eisen Rasmussen type trade uh, deal, a couple relievers that they look good on the Savant page, but nobody really knows of them. Uh, they might turn them into something else. That is what I'm seeing from the race that they could do with Jonathan Aranda. How many people knew or talked about Nick Anderson when he was with the Marlins exactly. before he got to the race? Exactly. So just put that in in the back of your heads as well. All right, great, uh, great, great questions there from Ty McCann and Austin Holloway. We have more mailbag questions to sift through, including a voice memo 
uh, later on this week as well. So in the meantime, hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe and we will talk to you tomorrow.